0: This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska. A place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net.
1: As Janelle mentioned, the scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 24, and also 36 through 38. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you, from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, But have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship.
0: because of the faithfulness of one man and all who followed because of a godly legacy we sit here this morning there are a lot of things to invest yourself in a lot of things for you to aspire to in life When I look at that that piece, I'm reminded that there is no greater endeavor, there is no greater call in life than to be a part of the glorious work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am so grateful that we have been handed a legacy. A legacy of faith, and you know, as we talk about that, that legacy being passed on to us, 2015, a, a faith legacy. At first I say, no, no. It has so much weight. It's so heavy. You know, I think of Axel Carlson, and you look forward, and Hank and Lil, and, uh, you know, the Reynolds and Ralph and Gert and the Bruckners and I can go on and on and, and mention families and people and that have just given themselves wholly and totally and completely to the work of the gospel in Alaska and then I realized really it's not our legacy it belongs to the Lord and it's not heavy because it's his and by the power of His Holy Spirit, because it's a legacy that no one person or group of people can, can carry, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not a burden. It becomes light. And in that legacy is a sense of commitment and conviction. It's not a duty in the sense that we have to do it. It's we're compelled. The love of Christ compels us. It's an honor. It's a privilege. And it's ours. It's all of ours. 2015, uh, a faith legacy. Years ago, Lori and I were driving down interstate, well, Business Loop 80 in Sacramento. And we saw the first of what was to become a massive advertising and billboard campaign. You know, you might remember it. You're, you're from Sacramento. You remember the billboard? It started out, it had a question on it. Here's the question. It said, you can show it on the screen. It said, what do you want on your tombstone? What do you want on your tombstone? And I looked over the lore. I said, Man, that is a bold, provocative question. There must be some huge funeral home in the community that is <laughs> advertising. Right? That's what I thought. And uh, as the weeks went by, eventually what we came to realize, the question was for tombstone pizza. <laughs> what do you want on your tombstone, right? Pepperoni? Uh, sausage? It's a good question though, isn't it? It causes one to reflect, it causes one to ask the question, what is it that we want to be remembered for? What is the legacy of our lives? You know, the Scripture says life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. The days of a man or woman. It's here and like a mist, it evaporates. And, and so whether we're young or whether we're older, that question is relevant to each of our lives. When I think about the question of what do you want on your tombstone, um I came across a, a website and it had, uh, some epitaphs on tombstones of some fairly famous people. I'd like to share them with you. Roger D, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, his is, there goes the neighborhood. Uh, Mel Blank. You might remember him from Looney Tunes, right? His says, that's all folks. Billy Wilder, author, says, I'm a writer, but then nobody's perfect. <laughs> Merv Griffin, do you remember him? Talk show host? He says, I will not be back after this message. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one, it's anonymous. It's rather clever, I think. It says, I made some good deals... And I made some bad ones. (laughs) But I really went into the hole with this one. (laughs) And then, of course, maybe one of the most famous. Martin Luther King. A serious note. His is inscribed, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. Free at last. Now that's something to be remembered for, isn't it? But I have to share with you the, uh, the best that I've encountered. It's personal. Lori and I were staying at her parents' house. This is many years ago. It was over the holidays. We had driven down from Sacramento spending Christmas with her parents. And it was early one Sunday morning. It was a Sunday we were to drive back home to Sacramento And we were awoken to this crash of glass. And we heard Lori's mom actually scream out. And, uh, Lori says, get in there, Todd. Help, you know. And so I pulled up a a pair of jeans that was laying across the the edge of the bed and it happened to be hers. And, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you can imagine. Well, no, you don't want to imagine. And, uh, I went racing in and what had happened is Laurie's father had been on several medications and uh, the interaction of all of them caused him to pass out and he had actually fallen through uh, the shower glass door. It was untempered glass. And uh, as I administered first aid and the paramedics were arriving, he was coming in and out of consciousness. And uh, they eventually arrived and uh, he had kind of passed out they were wheeling him out on the, the little gurney the paramedics have, taking him through the, the house out to the ambulance. And for some unexplained reason, he lifts his head up off the, the gurney. And his eyes open. And he looks at us. And I'll never forget the words. The wounded warrior carried from the field of battle on his shield. Dad, where in the world did that come from? All right? Is that crazy? Is that Shakespeare? I mean, he must have read something in high school and it came out. So, several years later, when Dad died, guess what the epitaph was on his headstone? the wounded warrior, right? At peace. The wounded warrior at peace. So it begs the question, what do you and I want to be remembered for? What will be our legacy? Each of us, as followers of Jesus Christ, have a marvelous opportunity, no matter where we come from, no matter what our life experience might be, we, as Christ followers, have an opportunity to leave a legacy of faith, to join in God's great narrative, right? The narrative that we've seen this morning of Alaska. Alaska. Uh it, it challenges me, it it calls me, it intrigues me. Uh it's something I want to be a part of. You see, as Christ followers, you and I have an opportunity to to live for something greater than ourselves. To wake up every morning, to put our feet on the ground as we sit on the edge of the bed, and to know that what we do today matters for eternity. It makes a difference that you and I can be a part of God's great and grand narrative. His work of salvation in the world through His Son, Jesus Christ, the work of the gospel. What greater purpose can any of us have in life than that? Well, this morning in our scripture in Acts chapter 20... We see the Apostle Paul, and he's completed his third missionary journey. You might recall back in Acts uh, chapter 19, he was in Ephesus, and there he encountered great opposition. There was a great uproar, yet he had a commitment to that church. And he and Timothy and others were able to raise up leadership, but he fled there. And he went uh, back up into Macedonia, which is southern Europe, and down into Greece, you might recall, encouraging the believers, the churches, the leaders of those churches, taking a, a collection, an offering that he was going to take back with him to Jerusalem. And as he's heading back to Jerusalem, he wants to meet with a group of elders from that church in Ephesus. But he doesn't want to go to Ephesus, and so he has them meet him at the seaport. Uh, Miletus, about 30 miles from Ephesus, he calls from the elders to to come. And that's the context of, of the message there in Acts chapter 20, verses 1 through 38. We read excerpt from that this morning. And as he's there, he gives a farewell address. And it's not unlike... Other farewell addresses and that it has many of the same components that a farewell address might have uh, in antiquity uh, the point is that he is reminding them of his example of how he lived for Christ among them of the call of the gospel how the love of Christ compelled him and and what it cost him to live that way uh, and then, He shares that he's moving into an uncertain future. But I have to tell you, in a worldly sense, the future can seem uncertain. But in heaven's economy, our future is very certain. Because we were created by God, for God, for His purposes. And the man or woman who is living fully into their faith in Jesus Christ can be assured of this that no matter how uncertain the temporal circumstances of one's life might be or how they might appear, there is a certainty that comes from walking with Jesus. Then in the end, our future, our life is very certain, it's very assured, and it's something that we, you and I, can give our lives fully to. But in that, In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, he says, And now compelled by the Spirit, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, that we are, as Janelle reminded us, to be vessels filled with the Spirit of God, who is our compass, who navigates, who calls us, who directs us, who leads us in our walk with Jesus, in our life mission, to spread the news of the gospel. Compelled by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. And we see here um, some similarities. You might remember Jesus directs Himself towards Jerusalem. And He knows what awaits Him there is suffering and ultimately death. And He's going to go to Jerusalem, Jesus. And there He has several trials before He is eventually Um, crucified. And so here we see Paul setting his sights towards Jerusalem for the sake of the gospel for the message that Christ had given him and he knows he's going there and he says this I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there I know only that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Now here verse 24 This is a great verse. This is his life mission statement. He knew what his life was about. He had a target. He was living for something. He was moving towards something. He understood what he wanted his legacy to be. Are you ready? Here it is. Acts 20.24. However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. The task of testifying to the grace of God through Jesus Christ. After that, he exhorts them to live for Christ. He challenges them as if to say, what is your legacy going to be? The difficulties, the hardships that I'm going to face as I go to Jerusalem, you too will face right there in Ephesus. There are going to be those who will try to pervert the gospel message. There will be those inside the church who will become false teachers. There are going to be those outside the church who will oppose you, but you stand firm in your faith. You be true to the gospel to which you were called, the things that you were taught, and learn from me. Paul's example, he reminds them of it from the very beginning of his farewell address. He says, I lived among you. I identified with you as people. I had a personal relationship with you. I loved and cared for you. I was your teacher, I was a witness to the gospel, and yes, you even saw me as your leader suffer for obedience to that gospel. And as we think of that, I can hear him challenging them as if to say, our goal is not to preserve our lives, but to be faithful that our lives might testify to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about self-preservation. It's about giving our lives to the one who gives us life in the cause of the only thing that can give one eternal life and that's life in Christ. And so they were encouraged by Paul, by his presence, by his words, and by his actions. And yes, even in the midst of suffering, we see Paul having a commitment to the gospel we see him having a commitment to suffer for the sake of the people that God him called him to. And so here's the question. As we think of 2015, our faith legacy, as we think of this farewell address and this, this challenge and this certainty of the apostle Paul as he reminds the Ephesian elders of, of where he's been with them, where he's going and the challenge of their lives, Here are the questions. Will we live for convenience sake or for conviction? Will we live for comfort or we live with commitment? That's the call here. That's the essence of the address. 2 Timothy 4 7. It's the last uh, epistle that Paul wrote. And he's writing to young Timothy, reminding him, much as he did the Ephesian elders, of what matters most in life and to be true to his calling. Consider his legacy in Christ. And you read this juxtaposed, if you will, to Acts 20.24. 20, Let me read Acts 20.24 20, again. However, I consider my, wa- my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And now we look at Second A- uh, Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He finished what he set out to do. In that great confession of faith, the Westminster Catechism, right? We we read, what is the chief end of, of men and women who are followers of Jesus? What's their legacy? Their legacy is this. To glorify God. To glorify God. And to enjoy Him forever. You know, as I think about what I want on my tombstone what I want my legacy to be, what I want people to remember me for. There's a passage in Hebrews chapter 11. It's that great hall of faith where it it looks at the lives of men and women who in faith persevered in what seemed to be an uncertain future, yet certain in the promise of God. And before it has its conscendo moving to to chapter 12 where it looks as Christ is the ultimate example of what it means to persevere it says this about these people it says therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God and when it's all said and done when my days on this earth are finished you know what I want on my tombstone? I want it to say in God." Was not ashamed to be called Todd's God. I want to leave behind a legacy of faith. How about you? As the worship team comes forward, let's pray. Father, This morning we are reminded that we were created by you and for you, for your purpose. And as Rick Warren reminds us in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, unless we understand that, nothing else in life will make sense. But Lord, life does make sense to us as followers of Jesus. We have been called to live for something greater than ourselves, a noble and high calling. Not because we have to, but because we want to, because the love of Christ compels us, because the glory of His gospel has transformed our lives, we want to give our lives fully to the cause of that gospel. This morning, Lord, we thank you for those who have gone before us, those who have labored on your behalf here in Alaska, those who are among us this morning. We thank you for their great legacy of faith through which They have handed us, but really, Lord, that is your legacy, your gift to us. Father, as we consider the life of the apostle Paul, as we consider the life of faithful men and women who have gone before us, will you challenge us to answer the question, what do we want on our tombstone? What is our legacy going to be? When it's all said and done, how will people remember our life? And Father, our prayer this morning is that we might be remembered as holy, committed, and devoted followers to Jesus Christ for the sake of the gospel. That we might have the privilege of joining in the gospel work, of meeting Jesus wherever He is in the world. And Lord, in the end, like the Apostle Paul, We can die with a holy satisfaction knowing that we have fulfilled the purpose to which you have called us. That our lives might witness, as Lucas reminded us, like a bullhorn. Amplifying the reality that Jesus Christ is Lord and life is found in him alone. May that be our legacy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.